Welcome to the process of things. Does stuff work? In this week's episode, we discuss emotional intelligence. This business buzzword, which we're going to now call BBWs, are tossed around at office meetings, in performance reviews, and without a doubt, one partner in your relationship has claimed the other has absolutely zero emotional intelligence. Insert huge fight here. In Act 1, we'll take you through the news, what's current with emotional intelligence right now. In Act 2, the funnies, we'll tell you some really, really funny things about emotional intelligence. In Act 3, the science, we'll do a little bit of the sciency background behind emotional intelligence. And in Act 4, put it to the test, we'll tell you, does emotional intelligence actually work? I'm Nicole North. And I'm Ruth Henderson. And we're your hosts today. Welcome to The Process of Things, where we take current business trends and buzzwords and let you know whether they actually work or not. Act 1, in the news. So the Wikipedia definition of emotional intelligence is the capacity to be aware of, control, and express one's emotions, and to handle interpersonal relationships judiciously and empathetically. Emotional intelligence is the key to both personal and professional success. We could end the podcast right here. Done. Wikipedia said it's the key to personal and professional and success. And Wikipedia is always right. Agreed. <laughs> it's funny. Um, <clears throat> even even as I think I was telling you, even in this podcast, it's the, the way emotional intelligence is used. Does emotional intelligence work is like saying, does the IQ work? Does your intelligence work? Your, your you know, your... Uh, ability to learn intelligence work. Mm. Um, the use of it and the awareness of it and the understanding of it and does that work? It's, it's just a, a semantics thing. That whole idea of emotional intelligence, so many people still think that emotional intelligence is just like an IQ test, that you are smarter or stupider depending on your emotional intelligence. And instead, similar to what Wikipedia was saying, emotional intelligence is actually the ability to understand your emotions and your actions during times of high emotions, quite frankly. Can you impact your regular IQ? Like, can you become smarter? No, because it's your aptitude, right? An IQ measures your aptitude for learning. And let's not even get into the science behind that and how many people question IQ and the way it's measured today, huh. but it's, it's, I, it's usually used to determine your capacity to learn. And so unlike IQ, your EQ can improve. Absolutely. It's because a, it's behavior. It's behavior and it's learned and it's understanding. Um, it's interesting to note there are people who have incredibly high IQ and incredibly, I don't want to say low, but challenging EQ. And it really impacts their ability to interact with society. Einstein had an IQ of in the 180s. Of course, 100 is average. Um, and, and my understanding is that his ability to interact was hampered by that. And so the EQ portion is that thing which you do have control of. You have that ability to learn how you act when emotions are involved and to work on changing that and improving it. And like anything else, you have to practice it. Hmm. And in the news, you know, Business Insider, HBR, 
how to boost your and other emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. You know, an emotional intelligence expert shares the seven beliefs that Grace, great bosses share. There seems to be a lot in the news about emotional intelligence, improving your emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. being aware of it so you can be a better boss. Mm-hmm. I think it's related to uh, looking for that next thing, that that uh, intangible thing that people can use to improve in their careers and their relationships, quite frankly. It's that ability to, well, we've talked about it so many times already, to be self-aware of how you sound and how you look, uh, your face, like me and my face, right? Um, when you're dealing in a tense situation. The, the, the thing is that emotional intelligence has been shown to impact uh, much more strongly our ability to be successful in work um, than IQ, actually, because that ability to um, work effectively with people and to build a strong team and to have people build trust in you is entirely based on your EQ and not your IQ. It's the how and the what. Yeah. So the IQ says what you can do, right? I may have... Um, Uh, high IQ and my passion has taken me in this direction and I can learn and do all these amazing things. I'm a rocket scientist. I'm a rocket scientist with the EQ of a mole. And I just, I offend everyone. I'm horrible to deal with. No one wants to talk to me. Very interesting. So related to self-awareness, impacts, What's your impact of your facial expressions and all those things mm-hmm. on others? Mm-hmm. It all kind of flows flows mm-hmm. together. There are many managers uh, and senior leaders who are confused about why they're not doing better in their career. They've got their credentials. They've got the degrees, the education, um, and they know what they're doing. And they're very clear and task-driven with their teams. Here's what I want you to do. And they have no emotional intelligence or low because everybody has some. Um, it's it's so low that they don't understand that they are driving people away. And in order to be successful, you have to be able to have a team around you. Absolutely. Act two, the funnies. <laughs> um, you had a great story about The Bachelor. Oh, I really, I almost didn't even want to mention that because that, that means admitting that I watched The Bachelor. It's my guilty pleasure. It's okay. It's such a terrible show. It's, 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 I don't even know what to say. I'm really sorry for everybody that no, I'm really sorry I, I made it. you watch Brother Husbands last you night. Did. It was terrible. <laughs> but the, ba- the Bachelor's just horrific. Um, and it's a, I'm not going to get into it. Anyway, I watched The Bachelor and there was um, a scene between two contestants. So this is the current season where Nick is The Bachelor and there's these two women cannot remember. I think it was Corinne and Taylor. And Corinne is the person that they've cast as the, you know, the evil person who's in the, among all the contestants that are trying to win Nick's heart. And she's very manipulative and awful and, and uh, definitely has that uh, princess attitude and loves to stir trouble. And Taylor is, um, um, I believe she's a social worker of some sort, or she works in that field And she knows about emotional intelligence and sociology and all these things. And so one day, the two of them hate each other, and they're having it out. And and Taylor says something like, if you think that you can be successful in relationships, you have another thing coming because you have no emotional intelligence, and you don't even know how you sound. 
And she said, I'm very smart. This is Corinne's response. I'm very smart. You just called me stupid. You literally called me stupid. Not literally. Not literally and not stupid. And I burst out laughing, of course, with our work with emotional intelligence. And the the friend I was watching it with just kind of looked at me. I said, but that's funny because she's wrong. And it wasn't funny. It was funny to me. It would have been funny to me. Emotional intelligence has nothing to do with how smart you are and your ability to learn. So I, I just thought it's everywhere and people really don't get that need to, yes, it's great if you're smart, but I bet you that somebody with a lower IQ than you, who still managed to achieve credentials through hard work and, and perseverance, and who has a stronger emotional intelligence and sense of self will be more successful than somebody with just that, all the book learning and the IQ um, that they can wave in your face. For sure. It's really interesting. So my kind of, I have two kind of funny stories. One is our great friend uh, and colleague, Linda Hills, is also um, a emotional intelligence practitioner. Yes. And she came and taught one of our courses. We did a little segment on emotional intelligence and she talked about all the brain science behind it and what components of the brain move and, and what parts of the brain are activated during emotional intelligence and she was always talking about the amygdala and so I always wanted to call it the princess amygdala like princess (laughs) Amidala (laughs) sounds like a Star Trek thing it is it's from Star Wars I remember princess Amidala oh no I don't I'm I don't watch Star Wars it was Natalie Portman yeah those are terrible movies the first three were good or sorry the middle three those three didn't like wow anyway And that's, that's a very small, unrelated funny. And my second funny is um, my husband um, is always known to have absolutely zero emotional intelligence. <laughs> and the best way to describe this is... Poor Tom. <laughs> poor Tom. His, his daughter will be crying. Yeah. And he just can't relate. And he's sitting there trying to rationally like talk things out with a five-year-old. Like, I understand, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, right? And he goes on and on and on. And I'm listening from the other room, right? I'm the stepmom. I try not to get involved. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not my job, not my place. But occasionally after I see Tom spending at least 35 minutes trying to apply logical reasoning and thinking to a five-year-old and almost torturing her in the process. He has no idea how he sounds. No, no. And he's trying to tease her and it's just... Oh. Oh, yeah. It's mm-hmm. funny. Um I'll kind of swoop in and I'll just go, let me, you know, can I finish this off for you? Is that okay? He'll go, yeah, sure. And I'll just hug poor little Abigail. And then it's all better. It's all better. Yeah. And he says, how did you do that? I was like, she doesn't need any logical reasoning right now. Yeah. She just needs a hug. She's freaking out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's, uh, it's so hard for people to... Yeah. Um, develop that. Those I envy those that naturally have that emotional intelligence. I've worked very hard at it, and I know a number of people who have, but there are some amazing people. They are what I call the natural leaders. They were born to do this, and they just know the right thing to say, and people gravitate to them because they're so sincere, and they know what people need, and they can shift in the moment. Oh, it's a burden to bear too, though, right? Having yeah. too much emotional intelligence, or maybe maybe you can't have too much, but when your empathy gets the better of you and you're so worried about what other people are feeling all the time, mm-hmm. it becomes a huge burden mm-hmm. um, and it becomes very, very draining. Well, that's, that's and- related to emotional intelligence. So again, if you come back to the... Um, the idea that emotional intelligence is, a, is being aware how you are acting 
during times of high stress. So if you have that emotional intelligence that says, during these times, I'm going to be drained, then you will take action to avoid it, mm. right? Or to mitigate it. So think about people in the medical profession where they're dealing with patients and terrible illnesses and deaths and those sorts of things. And we talk about building that wall. I'm wondering if a more appropriate way to look at it would be having the emotional intelligence to know that if you took on all of this pain during the day, you would fall apart when you got home and have nothing left for your family. Mm -hmm. So how they deal with that is their own uh, emotional intelligence. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Act three, the science. So I was reading um, a piece of work called Feeling Smart, the Science of Emotional Intelligence by Daisy Grewal and Peter Salowang. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was interesting. I, you know, EI has received a ton of scientific criticism. It was introduced kind of in the early nineties. Um, and what this article was talking about is that truthfully, it can be measured as a set of mental abilities. Mm. Yeah. Um, and they've even neurologically been able to provide convincing evidence that your emotion and reason are in fact inseparable. Mm. So the EQ and IQ are linked? Yes. Oh, tell me more about that. Well, I would, but I don't know. I don't know any more about that. Hmm. That that was the end of my news research. But let's think about that. If they are linked, what does that mean? So somebody with a higher IQ, does that mean that they have the they may have more ability to understand their own emotional intelligence and to grow? I think they were saying that you just can't separate the two, that you cannot just function on IQ alone, Mm -hmm. that there will always be some level Mm -hmm. of EQ applied in whatever Mm -hmm. um, things that you're doing. And similarly, you can't function on EQ alone, that there is some rational, um, reasonable, logical uh, components that come into decisions and things that you do and that you make. Right. So balance, essentially. Hashtag balance. Hashtag balance. Yeah. Um, absolutely. In order to be successful, let's talk about work. You have to have both for sure. The greater indicator of success may be the emotional intelligence, maybe because so many people haven't had the chance to build it up. They've not received coaching or, any understanding or that there's an issue or good performance reviews. Yeah. They were just told like, be better with your ta- staff. Yeah. Make friends with your staff. Engage your employees. Barf. Yeah. Yeah. So really maybe become more emotionally intelligent, mm-hmm. practice your emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. So you do need both. And right now it seems that that balance is tipped in the, in the world of what we value it seems that is tipped in the favor of IQ. And I think there is a subtle shift. And I think that's why when you were talking at the beginning about all these things, emotional intelligence, this, you know, boost your, I, your EQ, um, do all these different things. I think that's because people are realizing that we need that subtle shift, especially in today's day and age where um, emotions are high with the world economy with the way we are changing our work, with the increase of use of social media, with the um, increased work of different working options where people may be working from home now and be more isolated and forget how to use their emotional intelligence. Yeah, because they're not seeing facial expressions or reactions. 
Fascinating. It, it, it'll be interesting to see how it changes maybe that world of work mm-hmm. over time, mm-hmm. right? Especially as we have um, some generations staying in the workforce longer, how, how does their emotional intelligence compare against the new generation of millennials coming in? How are yeah. those two bands of emotional intelligence going to um, be at odds with one another or blend with one another or work together? That's right. Um, and it's interesting because I think that there is still that tendency to think of emotional intelligence as that, you know, nuts and granola kind of, <laughs> you know, hippy-dippy. hippy-dippy kind of theory, emotional intelligence, whatever. You know, and then you work with people and they start seeing what it means to be emotionally self-aware and they go, oh, <laughs> interesting. And I remember, get it. I remember when I did uh, my, one of my emotional intelligence tests years ago when I had um, a team, I think I had a team of 11 reporting to me and, you know, our ratings came out very similar. You know, they, it was a, a 360 review. So you rated how, you know, you filled out the assessment about how you perceived your emotional intelligence and then um, your team was asked to respond. Mm-hmm. And I remember the one that um, came out and I was surprised by, but really welcomed the feedback was that I, um, the, my team responded that I showed stress. When I was stressed, it was very visible to them. Mm. And I thought I was pretty cool, calm and collected. But probably being someone with a preference for feeling and kind of being someone that's kind of more emotionally in tune with myself, maybe that frazzle or that stress or that worry became apparent to my team. Mm-hmm. And I could see how that would be impactful to them. So I really took it to heart and made special effort to play it cool. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that you mastered it 100% of the time. No. The ability to have that emotional awareness, emotional intelligence of of these things that are impacting others means that even if that fraction of the time we can adjust something, it's going to help. Yeah. Absolutely. Act four, putting it to the test. Ruth, when have you seen the concept of emotional intelligence really work? Um, I have a few examples. I'm thinking of one in particular of a client that I coached. A young woman who, um, very successful, and I bet you had a very high IQ, very smart woman uh, working in the insurance and financial industries. And she was asked to take to um, take advantage of coaching by her manager. This time, they had a goal for her. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. And... Um, Interestingly, I, I came into this coaching engagement halfway through the engagement because her other coach had to um, discontinue for a personal reason. So I came in sort of halfway through. I'd missed the opportunity to build a rapport and talk about her goals, but I, I read up on it. And um, the former coach had said to me, this person does not suffer fools lightly. And I thought, oh. So to me, that means they're you know hard-nosed, um, very strict, those sorts of things. So didn't I have my first meeting with her? And she essentially said to me, I'm hard nosed, I'm strict, not in those words, but very self-aware of how she was perceived. And what she was missing was the impact of that on her team. She had not made the connection Uh because to her, 
it made sense. It was very logical. To a lot of people, the hard-nosed, strict, rigid, that makes sense. That yeah. achieves results. That's what I've got to do. Stop worrying about feelings and stop, yeah. you know, and, and deal with thoughts, logic, rational, facts, yeah. figures, results. And it was so interesting because I sat with her and um, I said, what, uh, what is it every day that is, you know, driving you bananas and you go home and you wish... ABC had happened. And she said, I just wish people would listen to me because I know the right thing to do. And one day, this is, I should have used this in the funny section because this was kind of funny. She said the same thing with my seven-year-old daughter. Why won't she just listen to me? I know what to do. And we, and then I just looked at her and then she realized what she just said and she started laughing. And I said, because she doesn't hear things the way you think them. And so we talked about all these different people that she was struggling with. And she came back the next time. She said, so I really thought about that. So what you're saying is when I'm just giving people these clear cut instructions, what I think is perfectly clear may not be clear to them. And I said, that's right. So she, uh, every time we talked about something in each of our sessions, it was a little bit of a light coming on an aha. Mm. And when we finished our coaching, she I, it was so rewarding for me as a coach because she came back each time saying, I've tried this, I've implemented that, this worked. Here's what I did with that person who consistently does something other than what I told them to do or asked them to do. And at the end, she gave me a beautiful card and she said, thank you so much for shifting the way I see how I interact with my team. And that is emotional intelligence. That is growing and learning. And, and for her, she's in a very high stress uh, organization that has incredibly um, strict operational deadlines. And that's why she was moving into um, what we call that crisis mode. Uh, what we do in a crisis, we react, as you know, uh, into our natural preferences, right? We, we become more of what we are. And she is very much as a preference for thinking and for sensing in terms of her detail and her need to have lists and things checked off. And she had team members that weren't like that. And she learned to adapt that. She's still self-assessed, uh, uh, um, has a way to go. Um, but she really started seeing that difference. And I think that will go an enormous way in um, in helping her of her goal of being a successful manager. Neat. Yeah. And so the style of EQI testing that, you, that you're yes. certified in is EQI 2.0. That's right. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, EQI 2.0 takes a look. There's a couple of ways to do it. Either it's a self-assessment where I will answer a set of questions that uh, say things like, in times of stress, I am likely to seek out friends or whatever. And you would say yes or no and on a scale. Um, the second one is a 360 assessment similar to what you talked about, which allows you to answer those exact questions and people that you select will answer the exact same questions, but keeping you in mind, not themselves. So they would say, in times of stress, Nicole tends to da-da-da-da. I think that's really interesting, and we probably could get more in detail about it when we talk about mm -hmm. psychometric assessments mm -hmm. in an upcoming episode. But um, fascinating that the, the psychometric assessment that I'm certified in in MBTI only has a self-assessment. Really. Yeah. There's a little less of that. Um, getting the feedback from others. And mm -hmm. I, I wonder if that getting that outside feedback is sometimes what helps people to say, oh, well, who cares if I don't think that I react poorly in stress? Yeah. But if other people do think I'm reacting poorly in stress, then I do have something to change. I feel like it's a natural progression. With MBTI, it's that first step towards learning your preferences in 
in, as you know, interacting with the outside world, taking in information, synthesizing that information and taking action. Yeah. The next step is, and that is all self-awareness, which would build your emotional intelligence. Yeah. That next step is then saying, how do I use all those preferences in times of emotion yeah. when emotions are involved? And so how do I perceive my emotional intelligence? And so on the, on the one test that's just about me, it'll give me a, a, a score that would say where I fall in the average of the millions of people who have done this. In the 360 assessment, it says, gee, Ruth, you, you rated yourself fairly low on your ability to handle stress, and yet your team members or your boss or whomever actually think you're doing really well. Let's talk about that gap. Mm. And that builds that self-awareness as well. And it comes into, it talks about interpersonal relationships and problem solving, all of these um, different, there's 15 different elements that it looks at. Super cool. All, all feeding emotional intelligence. It's a good segue into when it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So interestingly, recently we had um, uh, a group of clients uh, come in and take a communications course. And there was a huge component about self-awareness and um, understanding how you react in times of stress, kind of that starting point to an emotional intelligence 360 assessment. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting. When I found it didn't work, it was because people were unwilling to recognize that their behavior was a problem. Mm. Or they were unwilling to categorize themselves into behaviors that they had tendencies for. So again, like this uh, lack of self-awareness, the lack of understanding of what the problem was and that their way was still the best way is when I've seen um, emotional intelligence not really sit well with people, when they couldn't get it. What do you think is causing them resistance? Um, I think part of it... Um, could be not understanding the real impact to people. Mm-hmm. And is not having someone flat out say, when you talk to me in that way, in that style, in that regard, it makes me feel awful. Mm-hmm. And it is not achieving the intended effect that you, that you had. Yeah, because I feel like there's, I don't know, this may be too black and white, but two kinds of people. One is that kind of person where I can say to you, when you say those things to me, it makes me feel awful. And you will say, oh, I need to adapt my style so that you don't feel awful. Right, because I feel awful that you feel awful. Right. And then there's the other type of person who will say, well, you know I didn't mean that, so you need to stop being so sensitive. Yes. Right? That um, ability to understand is emotional intelligence. That, That ability to understand that we have to be aware how we sound in order to be effective in our communication with people. And that it's not your job to figure me out. Will you be more successful if you try to figure me out? Yes. However, it's not your job. It's my job, especially at work, to be able to communicate with you in a way that's going to be most effective. And I can't do that unless I'm self-aware and I have the emotional intelligence to know what phrases are going to come out of my mouth and how you're going to react to them. Fair. So... The news says emotional intelligence is so hot right now. So hot right now. Um, And that we should be applying it to be better, better bosses, better leaders, better individual contributors, better partners, better parents. Better friends. Better friends. All of those things. All of those things. Um, The science says there's actually some neurological things that 
cause us to behave the way we do and we have the ability to impact them and work our logical side and emotional side together to make decisions. And in fact, they are intrinsically linked. Um, we say that it works. Mm -hmm. And even for those people that it doesn't work in the moment, it might just take a little bit more feedback, a little bit more coaching to get someone to recognize their impacts. And oh. then they have the ability to change. And it's practice like everything else. It's hard. So hard. Emotional intelligence is hard. And you know, in our um, other podcasts, we've talked about people who need to have a goal and they need to have the self-awareness and they need to have the willingness to change. Don't tell me this is the same for this. It is actually the um, enabler for that. Emotional intelligence is the ability to have the self-awareness that you need to make some change in how you sound. It is that ability to effectively follow up with someone and hold them accountable to change in a way that they will react well to, not just because you're a list maker. Um, so it is the enabler of those things. When you have that strong self-awareness, you can do those other things. You can be the great boss who does a great performance review. You can be that employee who tries really hard to change and improve those things. Neat. Thanks for joining us today. If you want more, check out at the whiteboard at www.whiteboardconsulting.ca and on Twitter at whiteboardcons. Next week on the podcast, we tackle goal setting. Ooh. Special thanks to our awesome collaborator, Jason Hatcher, creative director and visual designer for your vision and support in the production of this podcast. Check out his work at www.digitalanalog.ca.